Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from Isaiah 64, chapters 1 to 9, verses 1 to 9. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you, who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you were angry and we sinned. Because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we are all your people. And now, reading from Mark, chapter 13, verses 24 to 37, the coming of the Son of Man. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heaven. And the lesson of the fig tree. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. The necessity for watchfulness. <clears throat> but about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge. <coughs> Excuse me. 
Thank you. Each with his work and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come. In the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn. Or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. <coughs> Excuse me. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. <coughs> Excuse me. My wake-up call. <laughs> this is the witness of God's people. Thanks be to God. Happy Advent, the season leading up to Christmas where we wait and we prepare for Christ's arrival again. How exciting. It's a beautiful and glorious time of year. It's an exciting time in the church. This year we are going to be following an Advent theme. Um, you're going to see throughout the weeks called the gift 
of being present. So at the front, you see some extra presence, a little play on the word present and presence. We've got the sanctuary decorated with a few extra presents to bring us into the spirit of what this Advent series is about. And the first Sunday of Advent is about hope, the gift of being present to hope. In the words of the great poet Carly Simon, <laughs> we can never know about the days to come, but we think about them anyway, AA. And I wonder if I'm really with you now or just chasing after some fine-er day. Anticipation. Anticipation is making me late. It's keeping me waiting. And tomorrow, we might not be together. I'm no prophet. No, I don't know nature's ways. But I can see into your eyes right now and stay right here. Because these are the good old days. Anticipation. Anticipation. It's the first Sunday of a new year in the church calendar. It's called the liturgical calendar. The real power of the liturgical church calendar year is its spiritual capacity to touch and plumb the very depths of the human experience, to stir the human heart, by walking the way in the church liturgical year of the life of Jesus, by moving into the experience of Jesus, we discover the meaning of our own experiences, the undercurrent of our own emotions, the struggle it takes to go on walking the way. It leads us beyond our present selves to the self that lies in wait for God. The church year opens with Advent, the season that teaches us to wait, to wait for what is beyond the obvious. It trains us to see what is behind the apparent. Advent makes us look for God in all those places we have until now may be ignored. It's waiting that attunes us to the invisible in a highly material world. The function of Advent is to remind us what we're waiting for as we go through life too busy with things that don't matter to remember the things that do matter. Advent is indeed a time of waiting. In our world where we're accustomed to instant gratification, fast food, fast cars, fast 
internet, fast world travel from one place to another, the whole world at our fingertips in our phone, email, banking, social media, texting. I use my phone for everything except, well, being a phone. <laughs> and waiting has not always been my particular specialty, I admit. I'm a go-getter, energizer, bunny, get things done kind of person, maybe you've noticed. I'm a live life to the fullest kind of person. I have two speeds, zero and a hundred. So waiting is not my natural inclination. I've had to actively work on the art of being still, the art of waiting, the art of being present to this moment and this moment. And I find it so curious that the lectionary this week offers a gospel text that takes us to the end times when Jesus comes again as we are currently in the world in the liturgical year waiting for Christ to come the first time. We're waiting for the first arrival of Jesus as a babe, and here the Gospels are talking about the end times and the coming back of Jesus. How curious. Year after year, we mark the time before Christmas, before Easter as well. These are times of preparing, waiting, preparing our hearts for what we know and anticipation is to come the babe born in a manger and eventually the crucified and risen Jesus, our judge, our hope, the one in whom we love and move and have our being, the victim of empire, crucified on a cross, God with us, God ever for us. The weeks leading up to Christmas are often filled with so much activity work, social responsibilities, church responsibilities, school responsibilities, special festivities and occasions that we plan to attend, staying awake, as Mark tells us, may not be the problem. In fact, we might think, there's not enough hours in the day, good Lord, to do all that I have in mind and heart to do. Yet this reading from Mark today counsels us to be awake to be awake to, to pay attention to what is most needful for our actual well-being and the well-being of the whole world, really. God's presence, God's appearing among us. Here at the beginning of Advent, how, how will you keep alert? How will you keep present? For God, in the midst of all the responsibilities and the distractions of the world and of the season, may we practice the art of truly being present this day and this week, present to God with us all the time, everywhere, at any moment as close as our very breath.
present to the celebration of the long-awaited Messiah entering our realm in the flesh and showing us another way, another way. May we be present to the hope of Advent. May we be present to the promise of God's presence with us, present to presence within us, around us in the world, through us to a lost and hurting and weary world that could really use some hope and some light and some stillness and presence, waiting for that light to come and hope to burst forth. May we be present to presence of the one for whom we eagerly and hopefully patiently wait. May it be so. Amen. Ron reminded me, are we doing a responsive hymn this week or are we going right into communion? That's what I, that's what I thought, right? Yeah, perfect. Good. I'm on track. <clears throat> Beloved, the table, the table of bread is now to be made ready. It's the table of company with Jesus and all who love and want to love and wonder about loving Jesus. It's the table of sharing with the poor of the world with whom Jesus identified himself. It's the table of communion with the earth in which Christ became incarnate. So come, come to this table, you who have much faith and you who would really like to have some more, you who have been here many times and you who have not been here much or at all. You who have tried to follow Jesus and you who have failed, come. It is Christ who invites us to meet him here at the banquet table. And we respond, loving God, through your goodness, we have this bread and this grape juice to offer, which has come forth from the earth and human hands have made. May we know your presence in the sharing so that we may know your touch and your presence in all things. We celebrate the life that Jesus has shared among his community through the centuries and shares with us now. Made one in Christ, one with each other, we offer these gifts and with them ourselves a single living act of praise. Amen. The bread of life, broken, blessed, prayed over, and offered to any who would come, and all are welcome. And the cup of blessing 
poured out for all. This table is indeed open to all. No rules, no judgments, just love and open-armed welcome to those who have been baptized and have a lot of faith, to those who have not been baptized and are struggling with any faith at all, everywhere on the journey, all are welcome at God's wonderful banquet table. It's not my table, it's not South Arm's table, it's God's table, and all are truly welcome and beloved. As you come for communion today, we're going to invite you to come up the center aisle here. There will be a station on each side, so just come up the center, peel off to the side that's easiest for you, dip the bread in the cup and take of it right away, and then return to your seats through the outside aisle so we don't have a traffic jam. So it makes sense. I feel like a flight attendant. We're going to come down the center, we're going to go off to the sides, so that is the choreography of how we do communion here at South Arm. And uh, God bless you. Let us take of God's table with gratitude, with praise, with worship, with adoration, with deepest respect for who God is and all God has done. Amen. Communion servers, please come up and do your beautiful, gifted thing. If you are uh, visiting or you haven't been here for a while, let me just jokingly tell you, I pretty much cry every service. We could do a lot of fundraisers on how soon into the service it's going to happen, but it's pretty guaranteed it's going to happen through communion. Because no matter how long I've been called to this, the power and the beauty of this moment and all of us gathering around God's table and coming forward, is, it moves me every time. It never ceases not to have power over me and to just break me in the most beautiful way. So if you see me cry, don't be surprised. And I'm not sad, it's all joy and love for the power of what God does here in us and through us and meant to go out into the world and be that light and that love to all. So thank you. And if you placed your bets on... Uh, 32 minutes into the service, you won today. <laughs> this is the time of the service where we offer our offerings back to God. I know as an ex-evangelical, I can be a little wordy, so I'm going to just leave it at that. You are a generous and giving church. You give of your heart, you give of your time, you give of your talent, and you give of your offerings week after week. God bless you. Let us collect the offering. Nope. We've done the communion. We haven't sung. Okay, good. As we gather at your table. See?